You're listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast. My name is Matthew, and as your host, my mission is to help you discover who God is and what it means to live as a citizen of His kingdom. Greetings, Finchwood. We are kicking off our series on the basics by talking about what you could call our purpose and mission as Christians. I realize that using those two words together makes following Jesus sound about as interesting as a seminar on how to write a killer resume. I promise it's much better than that, but I really do think that this is the best language we have in our culture for talking about these two points. I remember right after high school, I took a community college class on small business administration, and we spent weeks just talking about the difference between missions, purposes, visions, plans, objectives, and so forth. And honestly, that whole thing seemed really tedious and kind of dumb at the time, and to be honest, I hated it. But the point stuck with me. Any group, whether it's a nonprofit or a corporation or even a family, that group has to know what it's about, what it's aiming for, or else it gets bogged down by all sorts of side projects that don't contribute anything toward actually meeting those goals. Having a mission enables leaders to ask, if I commit resources to this project, or if I take this one action that's been suggested, if we do X, Y, and Z, does that bring us into closer alignment with who we say we are and what we want to accomplish? Or is it going to pull us in another direction? The same thing is true about us as followers of Christ, in that these two most foundational areas really who we are and what we are about, they're the source from which everything else flows, and they serve as a measuring stick for everything in our lives. Does it fit or not? Talking about this allows us to focus on what's truly important. And on that note, I'd like to preface this entire conversation by saying that there's a big difference in priority between who we are and what we do. We all have things we're supposed to accomplish in life, and those certainly are a big deal. But what's even more crucial to God is our character and identity. You can always fall short on a few mission objectives and still get the character part right, and that's great. But it's entirely less acceptable to dot every I and cross every T, but for all the wrong reasons. Purpose is greater than mission. Who you are comes before what you do. That's the key. So what is our purpose? Who are we? Why do we exist in the first place? The answer to all three of those questions, in a word, is love. At some point during his ministry, somebody came up to Jesus and asked what the most important commandment is. And Jesus answered by quoting Moses, who said, Listen up. This is our God. He's the only one there is. And so your job is to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, the biblical meaning of the word love is too multifaceted to really delve into in this episode, but for now, let's just say that this is far beyond mere sentimentality. This is my emotions, yes, but it's also my attitudes, my intentions, my actions, all focused on God's best interest instead of my own. Love is a verb in a whole life sense, and it starts in your will, not in your feelings. It's a decision that we make every moment of every day that his will should be done, that he comes first and I come second. Basically, every arena of life is meant to be oriented around God, 
around his plans and purposes, his desires, and around his definition of good and evil. Jesus defines that as the primary purpose for which humankind exists. Now look, nobody can do that 100% of the time, at least not wholeheartedly, and certainly not without help. That's why it's equally important to be loved by God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 that we can only love God because he loved us first. Think of it like a watering can for your garden. If you don't fill it up and then you go and try to use it, nothing happens. It's empty. It has nothing to give. The human heart works the same way. We can only give to God what we've already received from him. And God is the source of all love. Now, God loving us first is also how we can learn to trust him. Remember a few episodes ago when I said that God isn't asking us for blind faith? Well, he wants us to learn through experience, to believe, first of all, that he exists, but then also that he's faithful and that he's good. If God didn't love us, putting him before ourselves would be dangerous and foolish. But fortunately, he loves us more than we can express. The Bible talks about him adopting us as his beloved children, which means that his intentions toward us are good. He's kind and gentle and generous. He wants the best thing for us. And the even better news is that he's actually wise enough to know what that is and strong enough to make it happen. The more you let him love you, the more you receive his love, you'll realize that loving him back with everything you've got will result in the safest, most wonderful outcome you could ever hope for anyway. True joy and happiness and comfort, security, belonging, and fulfillment can be found in him alone. Almost 400 years ago, a group of Christians had a meeting at Westminster Abbey in England with the goal of summarizing what they believed about God. At the time, the English had recently separated themselves from the Roman Catholic Church, and so they didn't have anyone above them telling them what is true or false about Christianity. So they came up with a document that they called the Westminster Catechism. And by the way, a catechism is just a fancy word for a bulleted list of questions about the faith, along with answers to those questions. It's used as a teaching tool. At the very top of their list of questions was this one that we're talking about right here, and the answer that they came up with was both profound and simple, which is probably why it's been quoted countless times since then, even by people like me who have no specific loyalty to or even a background in the Church of England. They said that man's chief end, or to put it in more modern language, the primary reason for which humanity exists, is, quote, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I would even alter the wording of that Westminster statement slightly by saying that we glorify God by enjoying him, and also through his enjoyment of us. I want to shift gears here for a little bit because we also have a secondary purpose that Jesus mentioned in that same conversation I talked about earlier. He continued by quoting yet another commandment from Moses. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our secondary purpose is to use the way God has acted toward us, with generosity, kindness, and mercy, as a model for our interactions with other people. We're supposed to put others before ourselves, to be generous, kind, and merciful, whether they deserve it or not, because that's what God did for us. Personally, I find it interesting that Jesus linked our level of love for others with our level of love for ourselves. 
and I think there's a real cause-and-effect relationship going on there. Let's say you take his words to heart and you genuinely try to treat others exactly the same way you treat yourself. My next question would be, how do you treat yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Do you show yourself mercy? The fact is that just as we cannot love God without first being loved by him, we also can't love others, at least not very well, unless we first love ourselves. And by the way, the love we have for ourselves is a reflection of how much we believe God does or does not love us. Now, for the record, God loves us, period. But it's up to us to actively receive that love from him and make it a part of ourselves. We have to have faith in the reality and faithfulness of his love in order for it to make an impact inside us. But when we do, we learn to love whatever and whoever he loves, including ourselves and those around us. To look at it from the reverse perspective, if at any point in our walk with God, we run into difficulty loving ourselves or loving those around us, all we have to do is look back at our relationship with God. If you're struggling with mean-spiritedness toward others or toward yourself, or if you're having trouble forgiving others, or if you're not connecting well with the love of God, I'd recommend looking first at how you believe God sees you. If you believe in your heart that he's mad at you all the time or that he's looking for a reason to punish you, then I guarantee you will treat others that way because that's how you're going to treat yourself. And you can't love other people any better than you love yourself. On the other hand, if you really believe that he delights in you, that he enjoys you, that he's with you and for you, and that he's glad that he made you, then that's exactly who you'll be, both toward him and toward yourself, and toward everyone else in your life, which, by the way, also brings him glory. So, in a nutshell, love is the purpose for our existence, and everything else has to flow from it, or else it's going to be a waste. God created us so that he could love us, showering us with blessings and goodness, and our part is to reflect that love back to him and to the rest of mankind and even to creation itself in an endless cycle of goodness of which he is the ultimate source. The Bible says that God is love. It's the essential foundation of his character. And as his representatives, it has to be the foundation of our character as well. With love as our purpose, we can step forward into our mission as followers of Jesus, which is what the next episode will be all about. I'm looking forward to it, so I hope you'll join me then. Meanwhile, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast conversations for people who want to be more like Jesus. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe now and consider sharing it with your friends. For more information about this episode's topic or to continue the discussion, please consult the show notes. See you next time.